Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. And so given the day on which this episode will be coming out, I can't guarantee when anyone will be listening to it, but when it is coming out, I think we have to talk about the uh, the Texas Ranger in the room, which is that... <laughs> Our guest in this episode, as you may have seen from the title, is talking about Walker, Texas Ranger. And just today that we're recording, which is Monday, uh, it was announced that there is a reboot in the works starring Jared Padalecki of Supernatural fame. Yeah, this is a very weird, like, intersection of, like, interests and coincidence. And (laughs) I am not one to believe in superstition. And I'm not saying we we had, like, we put some weird energy into the world when we recorded this podcast (laughs) uh, a couple weeks back. But... Uh, there's some, yeah. you know, I don't know. This is weird. Yeah. And I do, I do, in the Hollywood sense, know Jared Padalecki personally. He does know me by name. So my close personal friend, Jared Padalecki. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it might not be a coincidence. Who knows? Maybe somehow there's some kind of cosmic uh, alignment that has, has let the Walker Texas Ranger universe know that it is needed again. It's up for you to decide, true believers. <laughs> so I need to go on an unrelated guest tangent um, before we get into this episode, because I would like to put our guest, um, Sean, also known around the internet parts as Jetpack Braggon, um, on, on blast, because periodically and completely without warning, uh, though sometimes it is precipitated by me talking about uh, something to do with Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, he will harass me about Crow-T robots' legs because I don't <laughs> like them and they upset me. Um, and he will respond to this by sending me pictures, like full-body pictures of, of Crow-T robots. And I'm just, I just want to put that energy out there in the world. And I want you to understand the, like, type of person Sean is. Because, like (laughs) I said, sometimes this is completely unprompted. He is just, like, truly a man who commits to the bit. So so our our content warning for this episode is a Crow T robot's legs warning, effectively, even though it doesn't come up in the episode. But it's, it's things of that nature may come up in the episode. Yeah, things of unexpected absurdity, I suppose. But also, I mean, getting back on to the point at hand we kind of have a discussion among other things about like liking stuff that is in some ways didn't age well or maybe is problematic and kind of figuring out how you wrestle with that and how you wrestle with your relationship with that and i think that's like regardless of the media that's a really valuable conversation to have like with yourself and and with other people who like the same things that you do yeah and i would say it's pretty safe bet that that's like 90 percent of 90s television like any 90s television that you were really into if you go back and watch it may kind of make you go "Mm." yeah you're gonna you're gonna realize the shine has come off that apple a little bit but you know i don't know it's up to you whether you want to still eat the apple i guess there's a metaphor (laughs) there look i'm running on cold medicine this is what you get from me i don't have a good excuse but yeah i think i think uh who better to explain walker texas ranger than the guest who brought it to the show Totally chill. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can swear. Okay. People ask that, so I'm going to get ahead of that. You are allowed to say fuck. Uh, (laughs) I've never said that in my life. (laughs) Sean, I know that that this is untrue. (laughs) Well, it's your word against mine. (laughs) And I've never sworn. (laughs) But thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come on and talk to us today, especially on like three days notice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's cool. I I have no real social life, so it's totally fine. (laughs) 
Um, if you want to just introduce yourself, uh, maybe talk a little bit about what you do and introduce the topic that you brought to talk about today. Yeah, so I'm, I guess, an internet artist. I do a lot of work for various YouTubers, mainly the Completionist, uh, Super Beard Bros. I've done work for Gaming Historian. I still do work for Cadicarus, Weekend Warriors. There's probably more. It's it's tiring. <laughs> and then I guess my topic, which the, the whole point of this podcast is like things you rarely get to talk about or something of that sort, y'all. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, so at first I thought, I could, I, I don't talk to very many people about professional wrestling, but I can't make that sound interesting. So instead, <laughs> I went with a little show called Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Sean, I'm so excited because we are friends. I know this about you. You know that I own every single episode of Walker, Texas Ranger on DVD. I I bought it all in one fell swoop. For those who might not be familiar with this television program, maybe give like a brief summary of what the show is or what, what it's about. So... Part of my frustration is a lot of people make it like a Chuck Norris meme, but it's so much dumber than just a Chuck Norris meme. (laughs) So he plays Cordell Walker, who is a Texas Ranger, and it's all about their many adventures, busting crime, saving babies, just getting the bad guys, who more often than not are just bad for the sake of being bad. And a lot of people get kicked in the face. Almost every episode. Matter of fact, there's a couple episodes where I was disappointed because not a single person got kicked in the face and that was a total bummer so so i'm curious was this a show that you watched when it was originally on or did you discover it like in syndication later i i knew it existed but i never watched it i had a couple friends that i worked with who i hate to say it that you get into something ironically because a lot of times there's a lot of negative association with that and i like the show don't get me wrong it's a terrible show i do like it because it's bad most of the time but they started watching it and they got me into watching it whenever we would hang out and after borrowing like a few dvd sets from them i had like 70 dollars in my bank account and more than 70 i didn't just spend my whole money on walker <laughs> texas ranger that'd be very irresponsible <laughs> and i just bought it all online and now i have it sitting on my shelf it takes up a considerable amount of space <laughs> trying to think of where to go with this and the problem is that my brain is broken mm-hmm. um and you've probably never seen walker texas ranger right no i haven't outside of conversations with you and the one clip that i know of uh so maybe that's a good jumping off the point. the story of that clip i feel like you should tell the story okay. of that clip so our good friend connor mcdonald we were talking about uh the conan o'brien bits of the walker texas ranger lever which would just play some random out of context scene it was always funny and he told Told one where Walker's walking in a forest, gets down on the ground, puts dirt in his mouth, and the lady he's with is like, what are you doing? And he goes, a plane crashed here. And that's the scene. And and I think collectively all of us spent maybe like, I don't know, at least a day's worth of hours trying to find this clip online anywhere. And me, as a guy who watched Walker, Texas Ranger, I didn't believe him that it existed. (laughs) 
I sat through so many compilations of that bit from Conan, and every minute was a joy. But I finally found it, but it was from a live show that he was doing. And so it was somebody in the crowd recording it, and it was displayed on a big screen, projected. And I noticed that the lady he was with was a character I'd seen in the show before, and that she was like an investigative reporter. And I knew she was only in a small handful of episodes, like they were trying to test out a new character, and they were just like, "Mm, no, that's not going to work. So then I had to find an episode that she was in that I'd seen so I could find the actress's name. And then I could find her on the IMDb and narrow it down to like six episodes tops. And then I had to go through each of those episodes on my DVDs to find (laughs) that specific scene. And then I had to put it on my computer and download a program to allow me to play DVDs because Media Player don't allow that anymore, which is ridiculous. So I could rip the scene and post it on Twitter. I spent maybe four hours doing this. Like, four hours straight. That was my entire night. There is really something to be said about your commitment to the bit, in that it is very admirable. Yes. (laughs) Was it a waste of time? Most assuredly, yes, it was. (laughs) Do I regret it? Eh, maybe 30% I regret it. (laughs) So I'm curious because you kind of talked about the fact that like, and again, I I also hesitate to use the word like getting into something ironically, but when did you realize that that shift happened of like, oh wait, I'm kind of getting into this as a joke or because everyone else is watching it and everyone's like pestering me to watch it. And then there's usually like that moment of like, oh wait, no, I actually kind of like this and I'm actually into this like very genuinely. Was there a moment like that for you or did it just kind of like happened. I mean, I still think the show's stupid, but part of it is, I mean, at the very beginning of the show, you could tell they were trying to make like a good, compelling show that doesn't automatically give away the villain at the very start of the episode. There's like some intrigue. And then they must have gotten like test results back from the audience. And all they wanted to see was Walker kick people in the face. And that's what the show eventually <laughs> became. I mean, one of the things I do appreciate about it, I assume this was like a weekly show. So, you know, they'd film a big season and it would come out throughout whatever season. And more often than not, there's always like some complex car chase or action scene, you know, something that's not just people standing around in a room delaying what the show's about. Like what I assume The Walking Dead is. I don't watch the show anymore, but for my assumptions, it's a lot of people standing around and eventually something interesting will happen. I could be wrong on that. (laughs) But there is like maybe four legitimately good episodes out of the nine years it was on. <laughs> but I don't I don't know at what point you want to do it. I watched last night, maybe the ad, the first episode I was actually introduced to, and I think it's the perfect introductory episode, and I took a lot of notes on it. I didn't know if you guys wanted to go through that at all. Please, I would love nothing more. Okay. So this is from season six or seven. It's in dispute what that means. <laughs> episode 14 and it is called the principal and as i go through it i'll talk about some of the reoccurring characters because otherwise there's like no context given so the episode opens up with walker working out in the texas ranger gym and you get a voicemail from alex his fiance or wife at that point thanking him for a very good dinner and even better dessert which i imply is good sex <laughs> And then music hits up, and something about the later half of Walker has really good incidental music over montages that's very specific to the situation at hand. Like, complete with lyrics and everything. So it's called Working Man, You're Working It to the Bone. Oh my god. I didn't write down the lyrics to that one because there's an even better one later. (laughs) 
good. Uh, let's see. My notes say there appears to be a weird filter over Walker, possibly to hide the fact Chuck Norris is 1,000 years old. Citation. <laughs> it's like he's not green screened in, but you know how sometimes with like old timey green screen or blue screen effects, you get that little bit of artificing around them. Like a soft focus filter, maybe. Yeah, it kind of looks like they were trying to superimpose him on like a not old man's body. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, it's shown that Walker's good friend, Max, who is the principal of the school. Now, mind you, he's not the titular, the principal in the episode. He's the principal of the school. He's working out with him. They're good friends. We have never seen this character before. <laughs> He's never appeared in another episode. As a matter of fact, I looked him up on IMDb. I didn't write down the actor's name, but he was only in that episode of Walker, and that's his last credited role. Oh, no! <laughs> I did say he's dead, so he may, maybe he's just retired. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, he says the kids have drug problems and thinks that it could be a faculty member, but he won't say who until he knows for sure, because, you know, you don't want to make baseless accusations. So the very next scene, it's revealed to be the shop teacher. <laughs> Who has a group of kids who he uses to peddle drugs. And you get the feeling that, like, yeah, he's getting money off of it, but he's more doing it for, like, that thrill of being a bad guy. That's a lot of things in Walker. Uh, the only kid whose name I wrote down is Danny. He's the good kid. And he's not meeting his quota. They have a quota on drug sales in this school. <laughs> the school security guard shows up, and he's in on it, though. But he suspects the principal, Max, is catching on. And then we get to the intro, and Max survives the intro. That doesn't happen very often with these side characters in Walker. Usually they're dead in, like, a car explosion before the opening riff hits. Uh, let's see. There's a side plot. There's a character called Carlos. He was in a few seasons, along with another dude named Trent, who eventually got their own spinoff show called Sons of Thunder. Thunder. Oh, I forgot about that show. Oh, you knew it existed? <laughs> I did know it existed. Yeah, I'd forgotten about it. I didn't know until I looked like searching around the internet, I found it. And there's like some episodes on YouTube, but they're such poor quality that you really can't watch them for very long. But he's going under, he's, his, he's in the B plot. He is going undercover to bust drug dealers. His name is Billy Gatto. Uh, next, so you know how I mentioned that incidental music that's very specific to a song, to a very situation that's going on? Well, another one happens during like kids selling drugs getting money the music's called you didn't see what you just saw <laughs> right under your nose outside the law don't cry to the cops don't run to your mom because you didn't see what you just saw so wait wait wait, wait. i need to i need to put a pause on this yeah, were these songs that were specifically made yes for the show i believe so i believe they had an in-house band that made these very specific songs oh my god i would love nothing more than to get uh, I mean, obviously, in the grand scheme, I'd like no violence in the world and diseases cured. But if I could just get a CD of the original soundtrack to all of these, that would also be almost as good. <laughs> right. So this has raised an important question, which is, is Walker, Texas Ranger a musical? And it sounds like the answer is yes. <laughs> Very unexpectedly. There's a lot of really good ones. There's a, the I wrote down the second verse. And for some reason, this one's in like a deep voice that I don't think I'm going to be able to replicate very well, but just so you get the tone. <laughs> it's that for this and this for that. You want to know just where it's at. There's some kind of people you just never should burn. But then it's so mumbly, I can't tell what he says. It's something about catching you, Junior. I don't know. So after the songs 
done, a kid's caught by a teacher, and he has, like, a lot of money. Like, if you were selling drugs at a school, maybe a kid might have, like, a couple hundred dollars, you know? This was easily, like, a couple thousand wadded up <laughs> into a big old roll. Maybe they were just a bunch of singles. How are we to know? You're right. It could have all just been ones and maybe a two fives or something. Yeah, you do the thing where you put the, like, you put the high bill on the top of the roll, so it looks like it's a bunch of 20s, and then it's just, like, one 20 and a bunch of ones. Half of it was Monopoly money. Yeah. And he, like, tuck the drugs in the middle, which they never say what the drugs are. You see them later, and I think it's meth, but I'm not sure. I don't know what drugs look like. <laughs> anyway, so he's caught by the teacher, and then Max, the principal, arrives. But you know who he's with? He's with that crooked security guard who's in on all of it, whose name oh, no. is Mr. Shanks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course it is. <laughs> so the, eventually the, the kid that was busted meets up with the shop teacher. And the shop teacher legitimately just starts beating the crap out of the kid. Tells him to keep his mouth shut. Uh, more B-plot stuff with Carlos. The security guy's there during this B-plot undercover bit. So the plots are now finally uniting. And there's lots of gunfire in this initial fight. Not a whole lot of like hand-to-hand -hand combat, which is, you know. And, and this is, to clarify, this is about a bunch of kids selling drugs at a school yes. as coordinated by a <laughs> another teacher yes and this whole thing isn't Good. going on at the school it's going oh, on okay. like some abandoned warehouse which is where sure. 90 percent of these fights happen so walker's partner trevette who is another texas ranger he used to be a uh football player and he's really just there for like the world to shit on i'll get into that in a moment <laughs> But he, you see him fire his gun, and then he points his gun at Carlos, who's undercover as Billy Gatto, by the way, with his finger clearly on the trigger, which just seems like a bad idea for you to point your gun at an undercover person with your finger on the trigger. So Walker shows up, he kicks a man into barrels, that's nice, and Walker <laughs> chokes out Mr. Shanks. So Mr. Shanks is taken out fairly early on. So my next note says, Max the principal catches the shop teacher talking shop, drug shop, with kids. <laughs> I think his name is Bullet. At this point, I Did wasn't sure. Did you write sure. that verbatim? I wrote that verbatim, yes. God bless. Uh, drug is all in capital. <laughs> So they get into a fight. The shop teacher's beating up the principal. And then he says, maybe my favorite line in the whole episode, you're not going to do anything except die. <laughs> so he fucking kills Max. Oh my god. Oh, no. Breaks his neck. And then throws his body off the roof of the school. That took a really hard turn into being very dark. It usually does with Walker. <laughs> That's the strange thing about it. So our next scene takes place at C.D. Parker's Bar and Grill. C.D. Parker is a retired Texas Ranger. He's like the mentor to Walker. Little side point in the pilot, C.D. Parker is played by an actual younger dude who's about the same age as Chuck Norris at the time. So we're talking like late 40s. Uh, the, he was actually in a few Ernest movies, which I found out oh later God. but he he plays a younger version of cd parker who was forced into retirement after getting shot in the leg or something i don't remember but after that he was replaced by this old man named noble wilmington who is more of a retired older figure for walker to have a mentor and occasionally shit on so they're talking to trevette about getting not getting a dog okay <laughs> yep cd parker's like you don't need a dog you probably starve it to death or something you're just a terrible human being and then everyone starts talking trevette out of getting a dog from it never comes up again if that makes you feel better this is a really random b plot <laughs> well, 
all this is to show the television at the bar to report Max the principal's death and how it's suspected mm. to be a suicide because he fell off a roof. Oh, I see. I didn't write it down, but there's like another scene where Walker's with the... Who's that person that looks at dead bodies? Like a coroner? Yeah, there you go. I was going to say a mortician. I knew that one, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, call it the mortician. The coroner's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, his neck's broken. It could have been from the fall, but, you know, maybe it's not, too. Which is enough of an excuse for Walker to not believe it. So what do you think is Walker's next goal? To find out his good friend who we've never seen before and never will see again after this, his untimely death. Why, if you guessed infiltrating the school as the new principal <laughs> oh my named God. Scott Miller, you'd be correct. Trevette's also there. I didn't write down his uh, name. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. I'm broken now. I'm broken inside. Um, How? How? How's Walker set this up? <laughs> yes, I guess. Oh. How is <gasps> anyone going to believe that Chuck Norris is a principal? I know. A man doesn't look like he can even read a book. But didn't they already have somebody undercover, though, also? Oh, no, no. That was the B plot. That was with, like, the That was the, the B viewers. plot. Okay. Gotcha. Mind you, this is not the first time in the show Walker has done this. <laughs> Walker showed up at a school as, like, a history teacher. He's just showed up at a school once, no pseudonym or anything. He was just there. It's not the first time. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the last so he has a meeting with all the teachers this is where i learned the shop teacher's name is not bullet but bolt keith bolt okay uh there's a school fight amongst the drug dealing boys they make them exercise during some generic rock music there's no lyrics to it so it's almost not worth mentioning but while this is going on walker's talking with another teacher whose name i failed to write down because it doesn't matter and it's like well i think we should have a school assembly with these kids in the shape Oh, I don't know. School assemblies haven't gone so well before. Yeah, well, not my school assemblies they haven't seen is a bad sentence I've poorly written. (laughs) So Walker invites the power team to an assembly to get the kids off drugs. You know who the power team is? No. You know those big buff dudes that, like, rip phone books in half and bend bars for Jesus? Yes! Now I do, yes! that's them. (laughs) He invites them there. And I I assume they did it as a favor to Walker, but I also wrote down, how much does this cost the school? This is so weirdly, like, half a police procedural and half an after-school special. (laughs) It's more police procedural than after-school special, but yeah, they definitely have those vibes to it. From my notes, I wrote down, yeah, they're breaking stuff. The kids are inspired. Bolt is not impressed. He does one of those, like, glances to the left and just gives a little sarcastic clap. That'll be good for the audio. (laughs) It paints the visual picture, you know? (laughs) The head beefcake randomly picks Danny, who I wrote a question mark to because I couldn't remember if that was the good kid that was selling drugs. His name randomly has him come up to handcuff him so he can break the cuffs off, you know, give a little inspirational speech. He does break them, by the way. And this inspires Danny to not want to sell drugs anymore. But Bolt doesn't like that and just punches Danny in the face. That's a child! That's a child! (laughs) You punched a child! It's like (laughs) sophomore freshman one of those two at best he's not like a senior in the school he's not been held back for years why is why is this child violence happening oh he punches him and then like he busts his lip and blood's just going down his face and he's talking with the other drug selling kids who were like dude that was a dumb move on your part you shouldn't have done that this is like an hour later and like there's still blood all over the bottom of his chin like he didn't even try to clean it up There's B-plot stuff. I don't really care about it. I noticed that in the principal's office, Walker has two bulldog statues on his desk. 
I assume that's a carryover from the former principal. I don't know. It'd be weird if he was he was going undercover and he was like, hang on, I just gotta I gotta bring in some decor <laughs> to really sell this. Uh he has a little scene with Bolt who reveals that he was a Navy SEAL, which is foreshadowing a cool fight later. There's another montage where uh kids don't want to buy drugs because of the power team various kids are like no i don't want to do that anymore i i don't want to have any part of that now is there music underlying this montage no it's only like a couple little shots and then there's some dialogue but at the end of it walker's talking with that other teacher again i think once again i didn't write that down but uh they're like wow this is going really well that worked so walker says i think it's time for a booster shot and brings in the power team again If it didn't work the first time, why would it work the second time? Oh, but it worked the first time. And now it's going to work even better the second time. (laughs) So after this assembly, which is more big beefy dudes like breaking stuff and bending things with their teeth, Danny is so inspired that he's going to talk to Walker. I'm sorry, Mr. Miller, Principal Miller. He doesn't know Walker's an undercover Texas Ranger. He goes up to the office, but oh snap, Bolt catches him. Oh no, I wrote down. Bolt threatens him, but then lets him leave. And as Danny's leaving, he bumps into Walker, but he has nothing to say to him. Uh, So Walker's then called up by Carlos, who says, hey, we found the next drug supplier. And it cuts to a cool fight at a drug house. Walker's there, and I don't exactly know why, because they have it under control, and he's still undercover as a principal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the principal just has to show up and see how, you know, the the drug busts are going. Yeah. But during that, Walker gets a call from, I think, Trevette. Once again, I didn't write it down saying, hey, uh, Danny didn't show up to his next class and nobody knows where he's at. Well, where's Danny live? So Walker goes to go to Danny. But it's revealed that Bolt is beating up Danny and is planning on throwing him off the roof since it worked the first time. What? (sighs) Walker goes to his apartment, knocks on the door, and then follows a literal blood trail to the roof. Oh, Oh my god. Oh my god. Bolt now plans to throw Walker off the roof too. This isn't what? this isn't something I decided. This is something Bolt says twice. What? You can't happening? you can't solve all your problems by throwing them off of a roof, my dude. Hey, he learns it. He learns it bad. There's a cool fight with lots of kicks, and then in the ultimate form of irony. Bolt gets kicked off the roof. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what we call some foreshadowing. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you know, Chekhov's roof. If you throw a guy off the roof at the beginning of the <laughs> movie, you're going to be thrown off the roof at the end. <laughs> if it didn't happen, it'd be Schrodinger's roof. <laughs> so Bolt flies off the roof, splat. Walker at one point in the fight revealed he's actually a Texas Ranger. Nobody's surprised. Hey, guess who's back? It's the power team for a third time. Oh, <laughs> this time. The main beefcake puts two pairs of handcuffs that he snaps off. And I wrote down, they make a whipping sound when they break. So, you know, that lady teacher Walker was talking to is announced as the new principal of the school. But it's really not important because that's the end of the episode. That was a wild ride. We all learned a valuable lesson. Don't throw people off roofs. (laughs) Thank God I don't need to save this notepad anymore. (laughs) So you said that like this to you is like, sort of epitomizes the show in a way yeah so what is it 
particularly about this episode that makes you go, this is like the perfect cross-section of Walker, Texas Ranger. I think it's just over the top enough to not be problematic. Because don't get me wrong, this was a show made during the 90s. It obviously has some things in it that you look back and go, oh, we shouldn't have done that. So there's like just enough goofy stuff going on here. It's that sort of 90s aesthetic of drugs are bad, but we're not going to really define too much on what these drugs actually are. You don't see anyone do drugs. There's very little murder for a Walker episode. Like what? Two people die? (laughs) Two people die. What's the average then? Now that you've said that, I need to know what the average body count is. Sometimes there's giant explosions. There are episodes where, like, there's one episode where literally a mother and their child are killed by a semi-truck careening into their car at the beginning of an episode. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's not shy about that stuff sometimes. Jeez. And then there's also other stuff where you look back and you go, oh, that's, uh... That's kind of racist there, Walker. Uh, But then there's other episodes, like, another famous bit is... I don't know how to say this without it sounding horrible, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The AIDS kid, where Haley Joel Osment plays a child who has AIDS. And it's somewhat progressive for its time, because it's not shown like... You know how that was depicted in the 90s. Like, a lot of it was Princess Diana showing, hey, you're not going to catch AIDS from being around this person if you touch their hands. So, in a way, it was like a little progressive for that that time period but that one also featured like the main drug dude snorting a line and going yeah and then jumping out a window (laughs) i didn't see the window coming (laughs) Uh, almost every episode i'm trying to think of like little tidbits like you know how i mentioned cd parker how there was two actors playing him the older actor the confirmed cd parker i guess he eventually left the show because he was going to run for office i don't know if he was trying to be mayor or a senator or something so he left the show and they wrote him out of the show by killing him off in a as a heart attack off screen on a boat truly the perfect depiction of long-running tv shows where you have those characters that just like oh and they died like <laughs> yeah that, that's when you don't respect or like the actor enough to let them die on screen you're like this is your fault so we're gonna kill you on a boat off screen he's dead now but he was alive during like the rest of the show so they didn't really have to do that but they still did it uh the very next season was revealed he was murdered so they had to exhume the body i think it was poison i don't know Oh, Walker. Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) But you see, it's way more than just, like, a stupid Chuck Norris meme, which I don't like any of those. You know, it's it's a very silly show at times with, at times, really cool action fight scenes for, you know, every week on television, you're going to see somebody hanging off a helicopter or somebody in a car chase. Yeah. So are you are you like a fan of, of action films in general? Or is this this sort of like your little action capsule? I mean, yeah, not I mean, they're not my special favorite movies, but I appreciate like effort put into an action scene. And of course, this was like well before the days where you could get away with CG most of it. Granted, there's still some really bad CG going on later in the show. It's especially good when Walker starts fighting cybercrimes. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Mm-hmm. How do you punch cybercrime in the face? Eventually, you show up at a warehouse where a dude's at with, like, way too many monitors, and then you just kick the crap out of them. 
That's usually what happens. Ah, yes. The age-old destroy and or unplug the monitor and it'll (laughs) fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Even though that's not where the computer is stored. (laughs) Oh, and one, they hack a plane. Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah, it's like this walker has his own hacker on his side and the bad guy has their own and they're like doing dueling hacker techniques on this plane. And then finally it's like, well, I'll just turn everything off. It's like, why didn't you do that at the beginning? Please tell me there are like really intense scenes of people typing on keyboards in a way that makes no sense at all. Absolutely. Like a lot of really fast clicking clacking. Yes. Oh yeah, it happens. Do you rewatch the show very often or do you just like go back to certain episodes? Like what is your uh, enjoyment relationship with the show? I usually just like every once in a while I get in a mood that I'll put on an episode and I'm usually not like searching out one because I have the whole gosh darn thing in front of me that at times I'll just open up the case, pick a disc and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) It's really a roulette of of Walker, Texas Ranger. More often than not, I hit gold, but usually not. Well, I I just contradicted myself there, didn't I? Sometimes not. There's an episode that has a buffalo statue that's crying real tears that you think would be interesting, but it's really just boring. I've never finished it. Uh, I believe you know of the episode with pro wrestler Sting guest starring as an evil biker named Grangus. I, I, I vaguely remember you talking about this, and I also vaguely remember not believing it was real. Yeah. I think towards the end, they kind of started running out of villain names, so they just had to make up things, because Gringus is not a thing. <laughs> it's not a it's name. It's not even a nickname. <laughs> to be fair, Sting really isn't like a, I mean, I guess it's a nickname, but like, Sting's already pushing it. <laughs> Gringus sounds like they use some kind of D&D character generator or something, like or like a key smash. Maybe at some point the writer's room was just key smashing to make episodes. There's probably like originally two villains, and they just combine their names together. I'm not, I would have given an example but i realized i put myself in an impossible situation there it's like leaning towards orc like or goblin territory yes. like grangus is a good goblin name yeah but they were like ah oh, but we can't do that it's yet. not like a lord of the rings thing it's more like a knockoff lord of the rings thing right right but hey if anybody uh needs like a character name that no one will ever get the reference to that's the one to do my brain has briefly gone on a tangent of like somebody doing a DD character who's just walker Texas Ranger, but like in a fantasy world, uh, that's unrelated. I mean, that kind of happens in the show, but it's not a fantasy world as much as it's in the old timey West. Wait, okay, what? <laughs> There's flashback episodes in the old West where uh, Chuck Norris plays a character named Hayes Cooper. And those are usually the most boring episodes, unfortunately. Another tangent, Chuck Norris does exist in the world of Walker, Texas Ranger. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, there's one bit where Walker and Trevette are on a stakeout, and Trevette's reading a book. So Walker's like, what are you reading? It's like, oh, I'm reading Chuck Norris's biography, autobiography, whatever. He's like, Chuck Norris, what has he ever done? Says Walker. And Trevette goes, oh, he's only a five-time world karate champion walker goes six time god <laughs> oh you do you want it to get worse i do actually <laughs> another stakeout walker and trevette walker turns on the radio and the theme song to the show which is sung by chuck <laughs> norris starts playing <laughs> trevette turns it off and walker's like turn that back on that's my music oh that's my kind of music 
I would be really interested to find out what Chuck Norris's contract stipulations for this show were because I'm betting they were pretty wild. I got one more example. At the end of an episode, everybody's doing like a round table because like some incidental character, it's revealed that he wrote a script based off of what happened in that episode. It's like, oh, they're going to make a movie of what just happened. So they're all talking about who would play each other. And Walker goes, well, well who would play me? How about Chuck Norris? And then it's everybody <laughs> in the room singing Chuck Norris is praise oh god <laughs> yep it happened walker's like huh i guess he could play me then huh it's so interesting listening to you talk about it because i feel like listening to your description of it makes it feel more comedic but like clearly these were all moments that were played very straight in the show and like even the show itself is those bits were usually played for like a little wink wink nudge nudge it wasn't like super serious okay. there are there are comedic moments like i said trevette basically exists for the world to crap on which is unfortunate. He's probably the best actor in the show. Like, generally, though, like, throughout the show and, like, throughout the episodes, like, these dramatic moments, are they played very seriously? Or is there kind of, like, an acknowledgement of the absurdity of it? There is acknowledgement that it's silly, but there are also a lot of parts that are meant to be played serious that you look at and you go, nobody's gonna care about this. (laughs) (laughs) Things that don't make sense. Like, one of them, there's a plane crash in the 80s. I believe it's revealed the 80s because I think there's a, a newspaper that says like George Bush was elected president. That would have been what, 88 or something? The OG Bush, the one who I think is. Yeah, I want to say 89, but I'm not sure if that's correct. I think it might have been later. Yeah, it's like bank robbers. They get away on a plane and their plane crashes in the mountains. It cuts to present day and that one of them survived and like he's cobbled together like armor from some of the planes and he's just gone feral. (laughs) Walker is eventually saved by the bear that attacked him in the episode. Whoa, okay. (laughs) Yeah, bear just like rips open his chest. No one would be able to survive it, but because Walker has like Native American heritage, he knows exactly which plants to like push into the wounds to stop the death. Mm -hmm. I don't even have a reaction to any of that. Oh yeah, Walker's character is half uh, Cherokee, I think. And his full name is actually Firewalker. Oh god. Mm. There's a lot to it. Can I tell you about how the show ends? Yes, yes. uh, That's all I want to (laughs) hear. Kill it. Kill it, please. (laughs) So after the series wrapped up, the plan was to continue doing Walker, Texas Ranger as like, was it CBS or NBC? They did Saturday movies where there's always like some movie made by the station that they would play. So the plan was a couple times a year, they would produce a Saturday movie of Walker, Texas Ranger. And the first one, I don't quite remember exactly what the plot is, except it ends with Walker's wife Alex getting shot by one of the bad guys falling down and then it fades to white. And not only was that the last Walker Texas Ranger anything, <laughs> it was also the last Saturday night movie because they dropped the concept. I don't know <laughs> what the correlation was there, but that definitely happened. It ends on a complete cliffhanger. I, I feel like there's something to say about resolution and endings there, but I think I'm still grappling with the with everything you've you've told us about this show <laughs> that I'm just like stunned into silence. At its best, it is a very weird, dumb show where Walker is either the most popular person in the area or anonymous enough that he can infiltrate a school and no one can notice that it's a Texas Ranger. I mean, this is a guy who like regularly jumps away from buildings exploding. You think someone would know who he is at any given time. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to ask like until 
intelligent questions about this. Well, I'm oh, still thinking don't. about. I'm still thinking about the bear. I, I <laughs> yeah, Walker encounters a bear. It like beats the crap out of him, rips open his chest, and then the bear runs away. And at the end, the bear comes to his aid. I don't. I guess the bear had respect for him. I don't know. I mean, there's this sort of like there's something here about the kind of really specific. I guess 90s mythology might be a way to put it of these like action movies or and there were other TV shows that were kind of similar where there was some lead male character who basically never did anything wrong ever and then something would happen like a bear would save them or whatever you know like this um very strange like pushing reality to the point where it's effectively fantasy but i'm not i'm not sure like i mean i think that's a really a difficult thing to unpack especially in hindsight of like how are people sitting in a writer's room going yes yes this is good idea this i like this <laughs> and and it's hard not to be a little bit jealous i think of people who are in that position where there was no such thing as a bad idea that they could just keep pushing the limits of, of what this character was capable of and there were no wrong answers to that question right one of the guys who is always credited the beginning of an episode names paul haggis he was uh one of the main subjects of the book going clear which was talking about scientology he was into scientology and he was one of the first guys to like break out of scientology one of the first main known guys and in the book it name drops that that he was the creator of walker texas ranger essentially and i looked him up he only wrote a pilot episode where most of it wasn't used but just enough of it was that he was given like a co-creator credits and like made money off that show the entire time it was on without ever doing any other work on it which is just an interesting piece of trivia yeah i was gonna say i thought that that name sounded familiar he was he also worked on due south uh and some other shows yeah he did that crash movie which i've never seen i've heard uh, more negative than positive about it i guess i'll say i don't know i've never seen it i just remember that was a big part of that book and who boy is that a scary subject <laughs> It's so interesting because, like, this idea of just, like, having a piece of media that is sort of, like, that is this bizarre in its reality, but that, like, you don't watch sequentially, which I guess is, like, the definition of syndicated TV shows, right? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. they need to be able to hold up individually. Maybe I'm more thinking about the fact that there is so much focus now on creating a, a show that works, that has to work chronologically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... it's it's definitely one of those shows during the time period where there's a continuity to it but you could jump into the middle of any episode as long as it wasn't like a two-parter in which case there's always a recap at the beginning but you could jump into almost any episode and know exactly what's going on you understand the context whereas something like breaking bad you couldn't jump into season three episode five which i don't know what that is and expect to know exactly what's going on which i don't know i, I thought about that and i was like there's a pros and cons to to that like pros are you can tell a complete whole story the con is in order to get into it you kind of have to start right from the beginning it's almost using like a sitcom base like friends or something where each episode is almost completely self-contained there might be some reference later except it's put in more of an action series but i think that's just the way television's changed because the first big one was the sopranos that was one big long arching story probably before i mean babylon 5 in, in genre also was like that that it was it always designed to be 
be an overarching story that had a plan, which was fairly unheard of at the time. I mean, it makes sense because as a television producer, you would want people to watch your show anytime. And you probably realize, well, unless somebody catches from the first episode, which is easier to do these days than ever before. Yeah, some of that was a technological concern for sure, because you were going to catch something maybe on cable in reruns and it was guaranteed that you were not going to see the first episode because they couldn't just show the you couldn't watch them in order they were always out of order yeah we didn't have like instant access to the entire series like we can now which is cool exactly but in the same way it's kind of not cool because where's the anticipation for the next episode it lasts as long as the credits are you know and then you end up watching an entire season in one day and now i have to wait how many years for stranger things four yeah (laughs) so sort of a related question what are the circumstances under which you go to this show to watch an episode what are you doing that you're like ah I could really go for a hit of Walker right now. It's usually because I hadn't watched it in quite a while, and I just want to watch something that I can laugh at and not be super invested into. But at the same time, I a lot of times when I'm working, you know, I work from home for the most part, so I have to put on YouTube videos or a movie, and I draw during it. I really don't even do that during Walker. That's just kind of like my popcorn moment. You sit on the couch, you put on some Walker, and contemplate where your life is going right now. <laughs> it's funny, because in a way, it's almost meditative meditative right because it's like it's a thing that forces you to not multitask because you don't want to and that's i think very important to have um, especially like in a creative field because like i think we're pushed all the time to work our asses off and being able to specifically sit down and being like no i'm going to watch this very silly show where buildings are going to explode and people are going to get kicked in the face and just turn all of that off for an hour and i don't know if like that exists in television right now because i don't have cable so i don't know if there's a show that fills that gap my first thought is it's either sitcoms reality shows or like procedurals or reruns of Monk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd say there's there's not a lot of TV right now that doesn't ask very much of you. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's mostly, it's gotten very, like, intellectually and emotionally demanding and, you know, sort of needs your full attention. Even the procedural format has become very laden with a lot of that. Laden sounds like a negative word, and I don't mean it to be, but, like, it's just, it has a lot more baggage to it now. Yeah, and then even things like I've cited uh, at the beginning of this podcast, Walking Dead, which is a show that I never never really watched past the first season and i've only like read recaps of other episodes as it goes and it feels like from those recaps that there might be one action set piece once every four episodes and for the most part it's just like smaller little pieces where with walker it's like there is couple fight scenes there's a couple car chases anything can be happening and i don't know what the budget to the show was like i'm sure it wasn't small but it wasn't the biggest budgeted thing in the world and yet they still did that every week it sounds a lot like a show that knew what it knew what the people watching it wanted Mm -hmm. which was the action and that like kind of over the top sort of set moment i'm sure if I looked it up, the vast majority of the directors were probably like people who worked in stunts or were like Chuck Norris's sons. Um, <laughs> which sidebar, I have an interesting Chuck Norris son story I read. Okay. It's, it's tangently related because it's his son. So, you know, the Norrises are like right wing 
style people. One of his sons, I can't remember who, made basically a movie. I think it was called Amerigeddon. And I think it was one of those <laughs> concepts of they took all our guns away and now look what happened. Where I think it was in Columbus. He said he was showing it. He would just take it across the country at different little events to show it. That he said some dude walked up to him wearing like a trench coat and a hat, slapped the back of his neck with some slimy substance, and the next day he was in the hospital with like horrible sweats and vomiting and he had said it had to have been that because the only thing i've been eating is beef jerky and cheese oh which is the oh, only part of the story i believe oh my God. wow <laughs> you know that that brings up i guess a challenging question but i i feel like feel like i should ask it i think especially now more than ever there is a difficulty in separating the politics of a thing mm -hmm. with like a piece of media or like the people who make it the art or... from the artist right do you have that conflict with the show it being like the main actor being someone who you're not particularly like either fond of or you know approve of their political stance at all with that it's always like a case-by-case -case scenario, you know, where some people have done in the global scale, which is not like the phrase I want, but it's the only thing that comes to mind. Some people have done like harm that isn't as bad as other people, but you take it a little sure. more personally. I think everybody has their own limits to that. And I don't know, I think a lot of it has to be like how invested I am in the person who committed or has these views that I detest so much. Like in the case of Chuck Norris, I think he's a right-wing jackass and I don't respect him. But I like this doofy show and I watch it knowing full well that he's not getting a dime from me watching it because <laughs> I already own the whole thing that I bought used, thankfully. Sure. But then again, I'm also <laughs> sure. promoting this show where other people could potentially get it and that gets him more coin in his purse. But, but there's like the other thing, like I can still watch the first X-Men movies, even though Brian Singer directed them and he's not a cool dude it's very case by case you know i i trying to think of like a situation where i quit consuming a piece of media or a piece of art because i didn't like the person I think the closest i can come up with and i don't even want to say his name because i know this dude like searches his name but he created a game that rhymes with birth worm fem or the character mm, uh, and yes that was tough for me because as a kid the video games and the cartoon were like very informative of my sense of humor which is usually more random and silly and the dude has just really really horrible views that it's kind of wrecked the whole thing for me and i haven't like tried to go back to experience those again and there's a time where i tried to make peace with that and tried to shoot away but eventually like i said it's person by person and it got to the point where it's like i don't i just can't do this anymore i can't support this i feel bad i have this dude's book on my shelf that i'm looking at that i still haven't gotten rid of but i also haven't picked it up in years that's a downer yeah does it help you like separate it a little bit that you know i mean if you're watching a show from the 90s i mean aside from the fact that especially in television or film there are so many people involved with with the production of any work that you can't necessarily say well because chuck norris was the star that he influenced everything that happened on the show right. because he most certainly did not but does having it be a 90s show and that it was produced in this bubble where there's definitely other content that you're gonna go oof man <laughs> but things have moved we've moved on from that like does that help you process the stuff that bothers you do you think yeah i, th I think another thing that really helps with it is i don't see chuck norris's name in the news every yeah. day i see yeah. kevin sorbo's name in the news more than i see chuck norris oh and i've never cared about hercules 
that kind of helps, you know, that like my experience with it is with this and maybe a couple movies or something. Like I've only seen one other Chuck Norris movie that I remember and it was still silly and stupid. So I can appreciate it for that. But yeah, it also, like I said, it also helps that I also view it as more than a Chuck Norris meme. There's, he's the central figure and he's not the worst actor in it, but he sure as hell ain't the best <laughs> that I could, I could appreciate the side characters. If it was like nothing but him and every side character was like a blank slate who cares i wouldn't be as into it but you know you have these doofy this old man cd parker with his texas drawl running his chili bar or in later seasons when they started having the side characters do more because chuck norris is a very old man <laughs> even back then he was old he can't always kick everyone every week so you got to get this other dude in you gotta get sid and gage in to kick some people you gotta start putting kick limit on the, <laughs> on the contract hey chuck how you feel about kicking today nah okay get some other people to kick this time I was about to sit behind his desk and drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's interesting, though, to have, like, kind of, I don't want to say a complicated relationship with it, but it, it's a very nuanced relationship with a piece of media because nothing is, you know, clear cut in that scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. There isn't a question butting off of that. It's just a thought. It's just a statement, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's words that are formed into a sentence, and that sentence has been more relevant than most. Right. <laughs> I am a human. So typically what we do is ask people, like if you had to give someone an elevator pitch on the thing that you've brought what would you say or, or like where would you tell someone to start if you were trying to pitch someone on watching walker texas ranger i got an elevator pitch to do it it can be longer yeah. you can, it can be a ramble <laughs> it could be you know it could be a very tall building uh or the elevator yes. could get stuck so oh, the tall building i'm about to pitch them off the roof <laughs> <laughs> they're already dead it sucks <laughs> I feel like it's just one of those shows that has enough silly spots that it redeems itself for me. And it's something that's you don't really have to think about or invest too much into. You can put it on, pause it or walk away. It truly doesn't matter. And enjoy it because there's also so goddamn much of it. It's never going to challenge you, which I feel like media should. Don't get me wrong, but not all media has to every time. It's not going to challenge you. You're not going to change the way you believe. And if you do change the way you believe after watching the show, I probably don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Man, I think he has a point. Uh, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> And do you have... Uh... Yeah, I think it might be a difficult question, but I, I guess we're going to have a go. Please. So all of these 90s shows and 90s movies and 80s things, this is the era of the reboot uh, and the prequel and the sequel and mm. all of these other interpretations of stories that have already been told. If you were asked for some reason by a studio like, hey, we're looking to do something new with uh, with the Walker, Texas Ranger property. What do you what do you think you would do? Like, is there a version of the show that you would want to see as a follow up with or without Chuck Norris? Here's the thing. I don't want to mostly because it ends on such a stupid, silly cliffhanger because they wanted to do more, but they weren't able to. And normally that bothers me with things, but not this one. If they were to revive it, as much as I don't like him, I would want Chuck Norris back in that stupid role and i would probably only want it to be like one television movie that doesn't really hold itself to the continuity that was set by like the last television movie you could refer to it but it's not like the big plot point it doesn't take place 
the next day or even the next year. You might not even refer to it, but it would have happened. Also, I would want like an unexplained like extra partner or son or something. Like that role <laughs> as like like if the show had kept going but the seasons were lost because they forgot to hit save on the <laughs> on the file. You want the you want the alternate universe uh Walker Texas Ranger movie is what you're saying. Basically, basically. yeah. <laughs> it, I would I would like it, but at the same time I'm totally fine with it not existing. That's fair. <laughs> that's I think that's an understandable response. <laughs> well, thank Thank you so much for coming on to share this with us. Yeah, thank you for putting up with this topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a delight. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joy. It really it was, was. It was fun. Where can people find you on the internet uh, or like anything you want to plug or promote? Uh, this is your space. So uh, I mean, I'm mostly on Twitter at Jetpack which, side note, that's my internet name because that was the dumbest name I could come up with years ago. <laughs> and it's kind of unfortunate that that's what my business name is. But, hey, here we are. I don't really post anywhere besides there. So, like, the other work I'll be recognized from is from Thumbnail Art, from The Completionist, Super Beard Bros, Weekend Warriors, and so on and so forth. So, give those a check out. Subscribe. Tell them to give me a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at Treasures. At- <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I hate it when that happens when the mic is on because you know it's permanent. See, now I'm going to be psyched out. Damn it. You got it. You got this. I believe in you. Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can hit us up there or via our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com or record a theme song encapsulating your thoughts. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. And if you like the show, tell a friend or communicate your love of this podcast only through kicks. And here's some more information that we're going to throw off of this roof. We want to say thank you to That Tucky who reviewed us on iTunes. And if I saw you at Small Press Expo or Flaming River Con in the last two weeks and you listened to me pitch you the podcast and you're listening to this now because of that, thank you so much for checking out the show. And you should like leave a review or tweet at us and say that you liked it or something i don't know if only if you liked it if you didn't like it that's okay too have a good day regardless until next time let the dragon in your heart be happy (laughs) 